and they're thrusting oh my gosh it's just so good like, like you see little kids just jumping up and screaming and i'm like they're literally thrusting on stage that's like so much like writing <laughs> hi everyone welcome back to the innuendo show or the innuendo show <laughs> i'm asia howdy it's melissa today <laughs> Howdy is very appropriate. Anyways, if you're just joining us, we're going to give you a little refresher. This show is a show in which we break down, you know, songs, mainly that we grew up with, but it could be recent songs that have innuendos and primarily sexual innuendos <laughs> that we may not have understood at upon first listen. And also, if you want to keep up with us, make sure you follow us on social media. We only have an Instagram account right now. So follow us at The Innuendo Show, at T-H-E-I-N-N-U-E-N-D-O Show. So at The Innuendo Show on Instagram. And also be sure to rate and review this podcast. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, if you have suggestions for songs. And your opinions matter. So go forth and let them rip. <laughs> Not mean ones. <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah. Please, please. It, I mean, if you really that like it. Criticism is appreciated. If it's not, keep it to yourself. Thank you. If you really like it, five stars. <laughs> also, also rating and reviewing means like more eyes could possibly be on our show. So and then you know we might we might hit some some charts or whatever. Anyways, we just doing this for fun, but <laughs> be sure anyways all right so i said howdy was appropriate because today we're gonna dive into the song by nsync called space cowboy and i will say i okay don't get upset at me because i know you're like in love with nsync but i don't really listen to them i didn't really listen to them and there's no like factory boys nsync i got none all right kind of said i was never as you bring out your InSync bandana, I should just I should wear it. <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, let's let's just break it down for the with the lyrics first. Entering verse one. All right, so verse one. Here it comes, millennium, and everyone everybody's talking about Jerusalem. Is this the beginning or beginning of the end? Well, I've got our. I've got other thoughts, my friend. See, I've got my eyes on the sky, the heavenly bodies up high. And if you're in the mood to take a ride, then strap on a suit and get inside. Yeah, so this song came out in, um, well, it wasn't a single, but the album was released in 2000 and everybody was talking about um, Y2K and like servers crashing, all this stuff. Like nobody knew what was going to happen. And it's it, so scared. Yeah, and but people were just scared because it was a new millennium. Like, yeah. Which is crazy to think about that because when I was younger, I just heard it on the, I was going to say on the internet, on the news all the time. And my parents would just play it constantly. And I had no, I had no comprehension of what Y2K was. I just felt like the doom and gloom of the messages. Yep. So I remember I literally had a box. I packed up, like I took water, a gallon of water. I saved it. I had like crossword puzzles and I put them in basically it was like you know what you would do like if it was a hurricane kit or something because that's the only that's the only thing I know about disasters so I literally prepared a whole kit I didn't even know what Y2K was but I was like 
it seems like the world is going to end. So I, I got my little gallon of water, my crossword puzzles, and like things that I would need to survive. <laughs> crossword puzzles are going to help you survive. <laughs> okay, but like in 2000, I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, this was also before The Walking Dead, so... Like, we, we thought we needed certain things, but we don't need those things. What I really need is training with a katana, and yes. then I will be ready. I or, or I could do a stick or a machete, but I'd rather do a katana. Oh, you know what? Actually, when I was younger, I wanted to be an archer, so I'll choose either the katana or the crossbow. So there, there is, like, some, some subconscious shit going on with me right now for choosing this song. I chose this song for us to do literally this morning. Last night we watched Concrete Cowboy. All right. This song is called Space Cowboy. This song is also about Y2K. I have been watching people react to The Walking Dead all weekend. So. <laughs> Your brain is just making a whole bunch of connections with everything yep. you've seen. Yep. I, I was, I was subliminal, subliminally manipulated. So the millennium, everyone's freaking out about Y2K. What does it mean when it says everyone's talking about Jerusalem? Is this a, a conversation that they were referring to that was going on in that time? So I was going to say it has something to do with um, the afterlife, but I'm, I'm probably wrong. So it says in here... And the world. Um, it's talking about the rapture. It's talking about revelations. It is the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on earth. Oh, well, I guess that's why everyone was freaking out about Y2K, because another thousand years. They thought the world was going to end. They thought that Jesus was returning. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what he means. Everyone's talking about Jerusalem. Is this the beginning or beginning of the end? He's saying, you know, everything was about Y2K, blah, blah, blah. But like he fails to mention his sexual undertones of the song because, because then he goes into talking about taking a space ride, space ride with a cowboy i don't know i always like when i was listening to the song i was like listening to the lyrics i don't i wouldn't really think i wouldn't instantly think like oh this song is sexual until you like see them dancing around and you're like oh this song is sexual i was just like how did we even get the whole space cowboy thing but i guess maybe they're just saying like the world is ending i'm not really worried about it but my eyes are on the skies heavenly bodies going up like, and I like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get out of here is is that kind of thing it's like i'm i'm out of here like i think he's saying like body's already gonna be rising because of the rapture so it's like if you want to take a ride and since you know going up it's kind of like going to space that's where the space cowboy came cowboy thing came from i don't know I thought I thought he meant literally outer space, like 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 no, I'm 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 gonna go. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm gonna go. And if you want, you can jump on this ride. <laughs> okay, so so you think he's saying like basically the world? Everyone thinks the world's ending. Not really my concern. But if you do want to go, well, no, because he says, well, I've got other thoughts, my friend. So that means he doesn't really. He's not really worried about. Like, I, I'm honestly, I'm not sure, but I think the second verse helps us out a little bit more but anyways this chorus is iconic i listen to this like working out like this is <laughs> your workout song this is a good solid up tempo if that's what you're going for but if you want to fly come and take a ride take a space ride with a cowboy baby <laughs> 
Um, and then the most iconic line, why yeah yeah yippee yeah yeah, yippee yeah yo, yippee yeah yeah. <laughs> yo, so wait, you know what this made me do? This made me look up the origins of the term yippee yeah yeah. And I couldn't find completely the origins of the term, but I did find the origins of yippee Um And yippee is from... Or like Yibikaye motherfucker is from um, Die Hard. It's a very popular line that people use. Apparently, the first time it's like really recorded in pop culture was from mm-hmm. a song by Bing Crosby. Where did Yibikaye come from? Look, I'm I'm not gonna read like the whole thing, but basically, <laughs> it's it's meant to be like it means to shout, basically. It kind of means like to shout or to, it says in here to complain. It says it came around in 1907. Basically somebody was like complaining and their voice was like really high pitched and they were shouting. <laughs> and that, that, that kind of like coined a term of like yip or yippee. That's really interesting that that's what the term means, but that's what you're doing when you're saying the term. Cause you're like, yippee. <laughs> Like, it's so weird. Granted, it's not like every day you hear somebody saying yippee kaye, but you do still hear yippee. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's, it is, it is weird. <laughs> also, this song was from 21 years ago, y'all. <laughs> okay, so we don't need all these prophecies telling us what's a sign. What's a sign? Because paranoia ain't the way to live your life from day to day. So leave your doubts and your fears behind. Don't be afraid at all, because up in outer space, there's no gravity to fall. Put your mind and your body to the test, because in outer space, it's like the wild, wild west. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) The second verse kind of... Yeah, it answers the question. Basically, space is the escape, and he's like, paranoia isn't really the way to live. If we go to space, it's fine. Yeah. it's great. Everything's crazy. Yeah, which I, I, it's interesting because it seems like <laughs> from the past like couple of songs that we've done for the innuendo show, like um, the song by the weekend and J Cole, it seems like people try to escape <laughs> a lot of shit. Which I mean, it's a normal thing, right? It's like like when we think of vices, it's that's an escape. <laughs> you know, it's 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 an assist with the song. <laughs> Their uh, escape is literally going somewhere else <laughs> to another planet. <laughs> like, go to outer space, you know? But, but they're going to take some elements of Earth with them because they're cowboys, but they're going to be space cowboys. <laughs> you know, this song is so ridiculous. There's, like, in the NSYNC fandom, there's, like, an iconic clip of, like, JC, who wrote the song. He's, like, literally... He has a flip phone and he's like, when I think of like lines to a song, I just record them on my phone. He just literally had like the cadence of Y-I-I-B-I-A-B-I-O-B-I-A and he recorded it into the phone. It's funny that that was kind of like the beginning and then it got built out from there. I'm like, it's such a 1999 thing. I feel like it's very create a thing a creative would do. Like literally have one snatch of something and builds from that. It reminds me of that's facts. Um, Twilight. <laughs> I really like Twilight, but nobody come for me. Not because it's good, 
but because it's my childhood and I can't let it go. So every oh, year. Well, I, I love Instinct. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but Instinct is good. Like Twilight is not good, especially when you like actually read it as an adult woman and you see how toxic everything was. But when I was younger, I'm like, that's love. I want that. Yes. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's freaking toxic. But it reminds me of Stephanie Meyer because the iconic scene when they're in the meadow that she had as a dream. And that's what started it all. It was literally that, that one section. And she built an entire series out of it that turned into a fandom and movies and more books because she recently released Midnight Sun, which is the version, which is Edward's perspective of Twilight. Okay, I've been waiting for Midnight Sun. I was going to say, is this necessary? (laughs) No, no, no. Okay, so... The thing is, Midnight Sun, like, when I first read the book, this is, like, before everyone even knew about it, about Twilight. I had read it years before. Well, not years, but I think I read it at least a year before anyone even started talking about it. So I was, like, obsessed with the book, like, waiting for them to come out, asking my dad to, like, drive me to Barnes & Noble to, like, pick up the book. And Midnight Sun got leaked. And so she gave a little Like an album. Yes, basically. So she put up an excerpt on her website, because it had already gotten leaked. The fact that I read that when I was, I don't know how old I was, however young, whenever Twilight came out. And I was like in love with the whole concept, but she just put it on hiatus because she was like, it's already been leaked. So it wasn't until I think maybe last year or this year that she released Midnight Sun. And I'm like, I need to buy wow, it. Wow, like, like to complete 14, my set. 15 years later. <laughs> it, yeah. I think she kind of just like, it's over. Like I'm not, maybe she's not in that same place of like, they destroyed my baby by letting it leak. She was like, the fans want this. I already started it. I might as well give them that perspective. But I'm very interested to see as I read it, if she took into account everything that people were saying about how toxic he was Mm. and kind of fixed it to make him seem better. Because you can't change the storyline. But if you give some type of explanation behind something, it might make something seem less creepy, not mm-hmm. saying better, but I wonder if that like shifted how she would have originally wrote it. But so off topic, but well, yes, creatives can take a snatch <laughs> and build it up. I was, I was going to say definitely off topic, but I, I don't like, I don't like when people do that. Like just, just I, because I think, I think as consumers, we got to let some like art, like live as it is. Like, yeah. just let it live as it is. It's like, isn't it on us if we are following whatever toxic thing is in there? It's like, all right, it's good enough that we're able to call it toxic, but it's still a story. Like, it's like, these yeah. people aren't real. The thing is, there are some things in there where it's kind of like, uh, like the relationship. I don't know, Stephanie Meyer has a thing with like younger people and older people, like underage people with older people. Oh, whoa. I didn't know that. Oh, it's okay. So the thing is, it's it's a weird concept and it's called imprinting with like Jacob. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But he imprints on a, a little baby. And I know that the whole concept of imprinting is like he's going to be whatever he needs to be for her at whatever age she is. So when she's younger, he's going to be like her best friend or like her, her caretaker. When she gets a little bit older, he'll be her friend. Then when she gets to like, I guess an age that's romantic, then he'll be her lover. But it's just mm-hmm. it's so kind of weird because it's like 
you've been hanging around this little girl with the mm-hmm. with the thought that you know you're eventually gonna like get with her but then that's not just in twilight and her other book the host which i also do like the guy she's like really i don't remember the ages exactly but she's i think she's underage and he's like 27 28 years old and it's mentioned and then when she gets put inside another body it's it's the whole thing um she's also younger than that it's what right so it's kind of like weird it's like stephanie meyer like that's i don't know what he's popping up in your books this but the thing is this is being put forward to younger kids like this isn't like an adult audience that yeah. You're yeah so of course as a kid i'm looking at this i'm like this is love like he's gonna fight for me and he's gonna be like super jealous and like possessive and like oh my god like that's love and that's me thinking like this is what romance is going to be. When I get older, these are the type of traits that I'm going to look for in my man. I had it. It wasn't good. It wasn't cute. It was actually toxic and bad. Um, so he says, put your mind and your body to the test. Because up and out of space is like the wild, wild west. I don't know what JC's obsession with <laughs> country shit is. I mean, half of these boys were country boys anyway. I mean, I guess. The wild west refers to the undeveloped land that was explored and seized during westward oh my gosh i can't read either westward expansion from the original 13 colonies it was called wild because there was no law of the land technically no one owns the atmosphere that is out outer space so in sync feels it's territorially similar in this regard Okay, I fuck with that to a degree because I don't I don't fuck with it as much anymore because like literally there are so many like rich men trying to like take over another planet or like like how can we live on Mars space like all of space. or the moon space is so yeah. expansive so it is still technically the Wild West because even when they were calling it the Wild West like people were going closer to try and take over it so I think it's like the same as space like. So, so, travel, so the white so- man will not will not only colonize land on Earth. <laughs> the white man will also colonize land on other on other planets or even just outer space as it is. You know what? <laughs> because in the Wild West, there were people already living there many, yeah. many, many of years before. You but it's just not recognized in history because we had nothing to do with it yet. <laughs> Basically, yeah. fuck that shit. I mean, I mean, I I do love you in sync, but you are white men. Um, <laughs> Colonizers. All right, so we get back into the um, beautiful course. Take a ride, take a space ride with the cow. <laughs> so um, let's talk about these here performances, shall we? In this one, Left Eye. Yes. She, like, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't really know about the song before this, but I had no idea Left Eye was a part of the song. But also her verse goes hard as fuck. <laughs> it's it's so good. Like I've I've never I mean I've never forgotten the words to the song at all. But I mean I also never really stopped listening to the music. So there's that. But <laughs> this verse, I I it sucks that um she never did like a live performance with them because that would have been like the coolest shit to see. Like Mm-hmm. her on stage like rapping this shit live but sonic boom and never let you try to stop all right <laughs> no go ahead let's, let's have a little performance no let's not uh, <laughs> but she but she also talks about like not being paranoid 
Um, she's like, you could either be scared or get prepared. And yeah, I mean, she's she's just keeping the same uh, keeping the same energy as the rest of the song. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you just look at these lyrics, I wouldn't. I still wouldn't see like the sexual undertones. See, like, I don't think if I saw if I saw if I didn't see the video first. I would have been like, what is, what are we, what are we pulling from the song? But I saw the video first <laughs> and the video. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a lot. So um, they, they have, as far as I know, two iconic performances of this. And one is from their No Strings Attached tour from incredible Madison Square Garden performance, which I watch now. <laughs> I when I watch when I watch the Madison Square Garden concert now, I'm like, yo, this is the cheesiest shit. Like the whole concert. But but it's also super creative. Like you can tell that they keep in mind that like half of their audience is like young as hell. Like, like the video starts off and you just see all these young girls. Just this is the one I watched actually, the Madison Square Garden. I, everything they did at this Madison Square Garden. Madison Square I was going to say concert. Garden concert was fire. Like they just, and they're singing live, people. They're singing live. It was really good. I also like how they started it off with the faces. Like there's that face that almost looks like the saw face, but it's not. Oh, oh, I forgot that this is the one with the scary clown. Right. I was like, why is this happening? So, Um, So their whole theme for this album was, it was built off of this idea because the album is called No Strings Attached. It was built off this idea of like marionettes on strings. So it's like a puppet show, um, circusy vibe. I think there was probably some sort of like natural break in the actual concert special when this was premiering on um, HBO. Well, I thought it was kind of going with like the whole techno thing because it sounds like, I don't know. And well, well, it also talks about, like, time and stuff like that, so maybe so. Yeah, so that's why I thought it was, like, oh, time, space. Oh, you know what? Maybe it has more to do with it than I thought. Because why but, would they put it, like, right before? Because the way this is cut, it's, like, literally right before about, like, what doesn't have a face and yeah. something about no race, time. <laughs> Let's talk about the wardrobe. In, in their entire Madison Square Garden, um performance these outfits are my favorite in the whole concert wow i mean i've been seeing their other performances Uh, just watching it justin with the whole denim look with like the jack i was like yo you're not hot that's all i could think because i'm like he's jumping around and i'm like you're not hot we have everyone else in like short sleeves or sleeveless and he's literally wearing a denim jacket like with rhinestones and jeans with rhinestones yeah. and then he's got a bandana on and what i'm like you're not hot sir first of all i see them sweating their ass oh off. yeah for sure literally in one of his earlier outfits because they started the show wearing like tearaway shit so they had shit under their tearaway stuff he's wearing like khakis and you see sweat all on his legs like from his knees down oh, like it's like man. it's like wet oh. <laughs> the pants are like wet but that's to say that, like, they really, they were really performers. Because they're dancing, and they're, like, going Correct. full out, and they're yeah. singing. The moves are kind of funny, because he literally just did one, because it's playing. He, like, did this, like, chicken move. Right as soon as they're about to get into the first chorus, they start doing, like, a, 
like a thrusty, right? <laughs> like from side to side motion. I was like, oh, oh, so that's. That's, That's where we're, we're going, going with this. this. Anyways, Anyways, I was definitely staring at crotches. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, but aren't they trying to get you to look? If they're if they're thrusting, I don't know. I never really look? look at the crotches because I'm so focused on the movement. I'm just well, like, what's happening here? Well, I've seen it enough times. Oh, so you're over the movement. Now you're just looking for crotches. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, their movements are like it's just so funny. everything. I want to see a TikTok with this. They have this breakdown where um, left eyes verse is supposed to be because she doesn't perform with them on tour or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the one that we've mainly been referencing with like the chicken move. <laughs> right after they finished the, uh, the, little, the dance little dance breakdown. breakdown. Um, they like have their arms like square out as if they're like planes, <laughs> basically. But the camp, the way that the camera is placed mm-hmm. is genius. Like because it's like literally on an angle and as it's moving, it's kind of straightening out as their arms are still moving. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's just something I know. It's just a camera thing. <laughs> it was the camera movement and <laughs> the framing. Um anyway, shout out shout out to JC's um leather pants and his very sparkly sequence top oh my gosh i love that sequence top <laughs> although although if i had to choose any of these outfits i would definitely wear the all denim one because oh it, it's the flyest to me and also uh tashina arnold fun fact designed those bandanas that justin is wearing really yes oh wow she did yes and he wears like two other ones in the in the concert special. We'll briefly talk about the second one. <laughs> the second one. This one is when, if you still weren't sure with all their dancing, you know for sure that this is a sexual song because this one is where they went all out. They literally come in on like, what are they called? Um, zip lines? Yeah. They're like they, slowly... they zip line across a stadium, yo. Which is wild. Z- and zip line across a stadium. They also have mechanical bulls, and that is just... I literally can't with the mechanical bulls. Well, well you, you, know, you know what I like about them and their cheesy creativity? <laughs> like, they, they start off the performance... Um, so we're talking about the performance from the Pop Odyssey tour. Like, they started off with this really corny, like western cowboy skit (laughs) and i mean i appreciate the creativity because they they did so many skits for their shows they're entertainers too they're not just perf they're artists yeah they're not just artists but they're also entertainers and they know how to keep it going so the skits is kind of like a little story some insight into whatever they're about to go into like I do appreciate like I don't always appreciate them but like on albums when I used to actually listen to full albums and they have like little skits in between I mean I do appreciate some of them like yeah um it was like T-Pain's album yeah I can't remember oh! that one what it's called but the, the ringleader the, yes with that, ringleader okay. it was called it was called three three rings I forgot the name yeah of his, his I don't album. remember but I remember that one but it's the entire album had a theme and it just like kept going so it told a story like I love things that are able to tell a story and that's how you capture an audience and keep their attention so 
I mean, Damn, that was a good bro. album too. It was. <laughs> like I still have those songs on my iPod when I can find my iPod randomly. So after their zipline, they get into the choreography that we kind of just saw. Excuse me. Once they like hop off of their harnesses and stuff, which still fucking crazy. And also like JC was like upside down singing on the zipline. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and like full breath singing. Yeah. Upside down on the zipline. What? I'm literally watching the part where they're on the mechanical cowboys. Uh, the cowboys, the mechanical bulls. <laughs> they're on mechanical cowboys. Um, so when they get off the zipline, they run across the stage to hop on their mechanical bulls. Also, they're all wearing all denim. Right. <laughs> let's, let's just hone in on the fact that it's cowboy. So let's all just wear denim. If Power Rangers wore all denim, because they're all wearing, wearing different, different colors. colors. <laughs> it's like you got lime green, you got orange. This Pink, is just very, red, very interesting. I'm at the point where they're literally like jumping up and down on the, the bulls. <laughs> I, it's my favorite part. I mean, honestly, I would definitely recommend like someone like watch this video. Either no, either no, seriously, because it's very interesting. It's it's um, it's, it's entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining the whole way through. That is for sure. Like if someone were to do this now, <laughs> I don't think it would work as successfully. But it would be viral as hell. It would be viral. Yes. But people would also drag them. They put all of their money into their performances. Wow. Like, that's where they put all their money. Oh. Um, I mean, that's how you have good performances. I mean, I, I appreciate when artists do that. Like, you, you can't just leave it up to the label. Like, yeah. You know? I mean, that just shows they wanted things to be a certain way for their fans, and they got it. They didn't have mm -hmm. to, like compromise on anything because it's like okay but like i'm putting money into it so if i want to get it mm -hmm. i can get it hey let's take it to the chorus another fun fact is that the song was produced by rip rock and ag also known as alex greggs or alex greggs also known as ag <laughs> and jc um they were frequent collaborators because um they worked closely with jc and um fun fact jc actually lived with them for a short period of time. So this album debuted at 2.4 million sales in the first week, selling over 1 million in the first day. That's insane. Oh my gosh. The first album to set this kind of unprecedented record. I would literally lose my mind. If I was an artist and I were to sell something and get over a million in the first day, that's insane. That's incredible. That just goes to show like, how much people really love them. And they held this title as the fastest selling album or most album sales in a week for 15 years until Adele smashed it in 2015 with her album 25, which was a very good album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if, any, if anything, yes, sure. Yeah, sure. but that's just but crazy to like put something out and I know, like, as an artist or just as a creative in general, like, you can work on something so much and it becomes your baby and you're, like, you have these doubts. Like, you could still have belief that, like, people will love this, but you don't know how hard they're going to rock with it until you put it out. And to put it out and to get a million in the first day, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> don't, you, no, you, you literally completely 
described exactly how they felt. That's exactly how they felt. They were so afraid that nobody was gonna rock with them, which by the way, like that forced them to do so much promo. Like they were literally everywhere like every single day they were doing promotion leading up to this. Like yeah. they were on MTV like that entire week, like every single day. And like literally <laughs> having to do all that promotion, but they did all that promotion, yes for the fans, but they did it also because they were scared. Like we mm -hmm. need to get the word out there yeah. because this was the first album they did after like leaving their old record label. Whole bunch of shit. I'm not gonna get into it. It was a bunch of shit, y'all. They money was getting taken from them. Anyways, I thank them for all the promotion that they did because now the fandom has so much, <laughs> so much to enjoy. Yeah. And that concludes our deep dive into Space Cowboy. Let's take it to the bridge, love. You you haven't watched any more Marvel movies? No. You haven't had time. I have not watched a movie. I mean, the only thing I, I binged was them. Can I talk about that? Is that a rant? I don't think it's a rant, but I'll talk about it. Great. Okay, I'll just know. look at the time, because I, I don't want this to stop. So. Okie dokie. And break. All right. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have a rant, but something that I want to talk about that I recently watched. So I saw on Friday, I watched them covenant um and it's on amazon prime and basically it walks through it's like a horror type story i still don't think it's a horror and they call it an anthology series and i still don't think it's an anthology series but that's just me um about a black family in the 40s and 50s and just like everything that they endured so it's like this family is moving into east compton um, it takes place during like the migration where um, black people were moving from the south to California. The west, yeah. Yeah, and so um, West Compton had already been overtaken by black people. Everyone was so upset about it. Um, and black people were starting to move into East Compton. So this family, it's their first, I mean, not their first, they are the only black family on this street and he's an engineer and she has like this trauma that she went through it's it's oh my gosh it's a lot um it's a lot um but it kind of just like takes you through everything that they dealt with but there's also like a supernatural aspect to it so with that this right. <laughs> so with this um show i would say like I wouldn't necessarily be like, everybody go watch it, um, because every episode I had anxiety, but it just, it made me sit there and think. I mean, yes, I am a black woman in America, but I'm a black woman in America in 2021, which I'm not saying things have completely changed. I just think, I feel like things are the same, but presented differently, like with microaggressions and I mean, with just physical aggression, but back then... I couldn't even imagine living because I feel like everything is a threat. And so as I'm watching it, I was like in that mindset. So literally anything that they did or they came against, I was anxious about it because I was like, oh my gosh, he said that one thing or he didn't say anything quick enough to this white person. He could get lynched, he could get shot, he could get killed, he could get fired. Like every single thing was a threat. So I feel like they did a really good job at kind of like bringing you into that space because I just felt 
so much anxiety watching it. I've never felt like that much anxiety watching a show. Um, but also, if you're not ready for certain images, I would say don't watch it because it gets, I think it gets kind of real on the things that they've suffered at the hands of white people. And I was like, it was a lot, but it was still a very good show. <laughs> like I would, I would say that the show is a good thing to watch. I think it depicts America mm -hmm. well. Um, and I don't think the supernatural aspect wasn't, that part wasn't scary, which I thought would scare me because I'm a scaredy cat. I don't like anything like that. I was honestly, like when I was going to bed that night, I couldn't sleep because I was thinking of all the things that the white people did to them. And that was the scary part of the show to me. Like mm -hmm. over the supernatural aspect, which is, that says a lot. <laughs> just the amount of stuff that happens because I and I also was reading some reviews and there was one review that kind of made me upset and I was like to be quite honest I feel like it was written by a white person that just completely missed the point um because in it they they were just like saying like oh I wish there was like a, a portion where you know the white people got their comeuppance and all that stuff and I was just like and then he mentioned like it being, you know, he wanted it to be a sense of escapism. And I was like, I really feel like the point of the show is for you not to escape. I feel like the images are supposed to be arresting and for you to focus on what's happening, not to watch this to be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna chill and like escape the world because the world is bad. Like in what history do white people get their comeuppance? Truly. Like that has wow. never happened. So like whether it was then, whether it's now, like the justice doesn't happen. So for him to expect like oh I really wish I could have seen that it's not true <laughs> so yeah why would he depict that like and it makes no sense for that to even happen in the 50s for them to get theirs yeah I was like come on like I really feel like the person missed the point and I don't know it like just irritated me because I was like you you still don't see like you watched it but you didn't see it like you're looking for oh, like, I wish this storyline was in here, which I feel like it, it made sense to leave it in there. And I wish that this was a sense of escapism. And, like, not all TV is for you to escape. Yes, TV lets you escape, but there also is a message behind certain things to, like, bring attention to something or put you in a certain mindset or give you a different perspective, not just there to help you escape. And this is definitely not one of those stories that's going to help you escape. Like, the things that mm -hmm. happen will make you, like, I want to say necessarily feel sick, but you will not feel good watching it, you know? Be but it's yeah. like, these are things that, that, that would have happened or that has happened. So, I don't know. You just got to be, yeah. I think you just have to be prepared to watch it because there are going to be some images that you see that are, you're not going to want to see. Yeah. Um, that kind of reminds me of um, Watchmen. When I was watching Watchmen, and that was on HBO, I was, I had anxiety, like, every episode, like, and um, it was also, like, it talked about race, it talked about um, the Tulsa massacre in Oklahoma back in 1921. Like, but, I, but, but the thing, thing is, like, like this, this is how black people, people live. I know, but that's why I was like, I couldn't even imagine, like, the type of anxiety I felt, I was like, I don't, and it's like, all the trauma that they had to deal with, mm -hmm. and they couldn't do anything about 
about it. Like, there's no help for you. You can't even say anything because you just have to take. Just take, 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 take. Whatever is mm -hmm. thrown at you or yeah. done to you. This is a show that I, I wouldn't be able to watch it. Like, you know, I'm going to go back and revisit. No. no. But it's, it's a show that I do think it has a message. And it was, I mean, it was good to watch. Yeah. Also... Falcon and the Winter Soldier got crazy this week. All right, let's end this. So <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, and please, please remember to rate and review if you like what we're doing. Give us some feedback. Um, and follow us on social media on Instagram, at The Innuendo Show. That's at T-H-E-I-N-N-U-E-N-D-O Show, S-H-O-W. Yippee-ki-yay. Motherfucker. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.